I gotta help. I am human. They're human. Let's let them in. Let's assess the problem. Let's see what we can do. And it's, I'm I'm thankful it was you and not me because I would have probably took twenty minutes longer. It is good to actually discuss it, um, but it is also good to kind of look at how to put in place those things that make you feel confident to go out and do things. In the room, fifty-two jokers wild. Okay, so, um, we're in business. Well, we'll see. You'll see what happens. You know, and this is because because uh, <clears throat> one of the problems that you have with trying to do these kind of oh, live wow. recordings is whether or not the technology is actually going to do you, or whether it's going to trip you up, or the telephone is going to ring, or the mobile is going to go, or somebody comes out and says, "Come in," because they've had an accident, or or whatever. Oh, by the way, yeah, because. I don't know, we haven't shared this with the audience, but last Friday we had a, a guest turn up at the door and banging and he wanted to come into the house. He, he was totally out of his, his his mind. There was some kind of problem. We didn't know whether he had a head injury. There was no smell of booze or anything like that. But the great thing is, I mean, we ended up having to take him to to uh, Craig Avon Hospital and, and Gavin, you were telling me, oh my God, think of all the risks and all the problems that you were, you were creating for yourself. Mm -hmm. Well, the good thing is that he came around last night with his sister and said, Look, I'm really, really sorry. I don't drink. I'm not a drinker, but they thought I was drunk and it's just terrible. But thank you very much for helping us out. <laughs> so it's, it's you know, there there are these, you know, it's, it's, oh, no, not, no, it's again, working out I the mean, risk, isn't it? You know, because that's what you were talking about before. It's empathy versus risk. It's, it's no, as I said, it's starting off. It's, I wonder if you're, if you're a, car, a person or a character that has a high empathy level then that's what criminals prey on is is either the fear or actually the opposite it's how helpful you might be to let someone in or there's an accent around the corner or i just need a sandwich or i'm thirsty or you know it, they prey on that now that's i'm not going to over you know dwell on, on the criminal element even forgetting the criminal element there's the um Oh, I thought looked like this thing is freezing here. I'm hoping the audacity is keeping on going on. But yeah, it is a slow down for a little bit. But it, what it is, is the a business in me says everything I'm looking at with business clients is insurance this, insurance the other. It's all about, you know, pre being prepared for, well, be prepared for what might go wrong in two senses of like preventive maintenance and do stuff that might stop it from going wrong. But if it does go wrong, you've got your insurances in place and it's not the end of the world. It, you know, life will go on. Now, the insurance culture, even if it does happen, then you find the next year your premium has gone up by 100% or 30% and it makes business life in the future more difficult to get back to the same level of profitability because you had this issue the previous year with insurance in a business context and most of the time it wasn't something you did or the business did it could have been the criminal element in the suing culture taking advantage of the fact that courts will pro and, and insurance companies will probably err on the side of the, what perceived the victim perceived victim is and also the insurance companies will probably pay out instead of inc increasing the costs of going to court but then they pass that cost on to you the payer now in a personal capacity what you were sort of experiencing was i would be saying if this unknown person in the middle of the night outside immediate uh, perception is they're drunk they could be dangerous what are they doing here no, no one you know and there's a hundred houses around you why you and so that's us going to the chatterbox and the negative connotations but luckily enough you didn't go there you've done a quick little 
there and then straight to i've got to help i am human they're human let's let them in let's assess the problem let's see what we can do and it's, i'm i'm thankful it was you and not me because i would have probably took 20 minutes longer and 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 been more worried and probably would have finally given in and done and done something about it but more than likely the poor character could have been dead by the time i got around to it what was interesting was that um uh, just picking up from where you, you just left off there is I actually went through all the same kind of fears and problems that you had. I, I was trying to calculate what's my best. I, you know, I've got my mum here. I've got my wife here. If I open the door, do I put them in danger? You know, what am I going to do? Why? You know, I was very cautious. And there was a sense of me of kind of, you know, I have had experience where there had been a couple of people at the door once before who I didn't know. Luckily, I did know this person once I opened the door. And I was trying to monitor what was going on. And I could tell there was some kind of confusion going on as I heard him sort of, you know, talking the other side he was talking to himself so i kind of went i don't think there's much as much a threat as i thought there was but on a previous occasion i realized that there was two people and there was one at the door and there's one around the corner and i basically had to warn them look and i i'm, I'm not happy because i know there's two of you there you need to go away and this is me telling them from the other side of the door so you do have to weigh up what the risk is and, and what the problems that could be imposed upon it i'm not a brave person i'm not but there was something inside of me that just said look you know this guy needs help now he did try to force himself in the house and i did try and block him uh but when he saw my wife uh he he said look I, you need i need help you need to help me please help me because he he was a neighbor but that's it, it it's amazing that as it he's trying to force his way but in the same time here's an incapacity after the fact when we look at things and we assess it with with the benefit of hindsight we go he probably had a heart attack he was trying yeah. to get in and couldn't even verbalize as you said it seemed like he had lost he was drunk and lost the power of of you know parts of motion and stability and you know and how even to talk or and like enunciate what it is that's or vocalize what it is that's wrong with him because he's probably in a state of shock himself so he's in a state of shock you open the door you're in a, in, a, in a new state of shock because this is not you had no problems a minute ago you're watching netflix all of a sudden five minutes later or what well, i don't know if it was an afternoon or an evening you're suddenly you're an ambulance by stealth you're yeah. going you're a doctor yeah. by stealth you're trying to assess the situation and you're trying to as you said you know assess it come up with a quick solution implement it all, all in seconds or minutes because there's a life might depend on it and and now we had a chat afterwards which you said you went to hospital you know one not two and i'm going you know even the um, you're now deciding as an ambulance which way you're gonna go and you know where you're gonna bring them in the absence of you know information now you had some information because your wife was is in the is in the medical field and was able to say this well, the difficulty have an active a and e but yeah but as, as you said they they, they said they'd be they'd take 20 minutes and you're you're saying if it's a heart attack involved and possible paralysis and uh, and this type of stuff you're going there's no 20 minutes is a lifetime yeah, yeah there's no, there's no time if you can be at the hospital in 20 minutes while they take 20 minutes to get to you that 10 minutes makes the difference in, in, you know i don't know the medical terminology but when you have a heart attack and you get paralyzed a stroke you know so this well, a stroke is definitely potential of the, having a stroke yeah. later like you know is all to do with time of action but i mean as you said you've gone from got risk a risk assessment of this is not a crime event about to happen or a break-in about to happen to this is a medical emergency that now you are the ambulance and uh, no, no brilliant that it was you brilliant that you acted on it and here's this chap coming back a week later saying thank you but 
even again, I'm uh, even as the accountant, risk assessor type in, 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 my, in my just 30 years of being instilled in me, I'm saying, had you brought them to the wrong hospital and something happened, the family sues you. You know, had you had you crashed on the way, you're a fault again. You weren't even you could have been drinking before you. He got there, even a glass of wine, the police could have stopped you. They would have let you off of one thing and then well, I, I think in, off in, your license on another. In that situation... Oh, no, there's, no, they, they have no, yeah. there's no choice on that. That's yeah. it. We have one of our ministers uh, like uh, was just elected in and uh, basically based on a drink driving ban three or four years ago. He was actually fired because this, yep. you yep. cannot be an elected... Right, see, it's got would nothing it, to do with the moment. It's got to do with your... Yeah, yeah. Creating yeah, yeah. an offence on one side while trying to save another, and they're two different fields, and they can't say we let you off. Well, I think in that situation, if I had actually been drinking, I would not have been in the car. So I, I, I would because that would have been a criminal offence because I would have actually been driving under now, the there, influence. That's what I'm saying. If so we just hang on that one time. for a second, yeah. Now we're going, and if then, let's say the exact same thing happened, and Bodias had a couple of glasses of wine. That then changed the whole dynamic. It does, yeah. Well, and, and I mean, the difficulty is is that we, we would have been insistent that the uh, ambulance actually arrive. The problem was that uh, there was, well, or we could have hired a taxi. I, again, it's back to this idea of responsibility, isn't it? That the fact is that we were put That's into it. a position uh, so, so where suddenly you've taken ownership and are now weighing, you know, do I put my own life? If I had a couple of drinks, first of all, there's the... The insurance aspect, I could never, I could get banned from driving, I could have a drunk driving the fence. It doesn't matter. Just arriving at the hospital where the guards will probably arrive at the same time to go, thanks for that. By the way, here's nine points yep. in your license. <laughs> well, and you're gonna, you're funny drunk. you should say that. <laughs> when we arrived at the hospital, there were two, three policemen bringing somebody in in handcuffs into the hospital. So that scenario did actually happen, which is why I'm glad I wasn't drinking that particular time. And I, yeah, I don't drink. So and that's, that's, that's okay. the strange the thing. Was, the amount of people, actually, I, I remember like uh, people, the good old days of people picking up hitchhikers. Now, never mind you watch the film Hitchhiker, you go, I'd never do that again. You go, but in the normal <laughs> sense, you, you see maybe a, like, you know, people you know going from, this is a rural town. So you'd know if they're on that road, they're heading to the city and there's only one bus or two buses a day. And maybe when you'd spot the individuals in question, go, you know they wouldn't be that well off. And they're trying to get a lift to save a couple of quid for their pension or, or, or that type of thing. And in the same breath, you're going, I have an empty car, I'm going that way. I am not allowed to stop. I cannot stop because every insurance thing I've seen is I am now suddenly responsible for them. Picking them up, letting them off, getting them in and out of the car, where I dropped them. They're not they're not anyone I know, they're not my friend. They're like you're trying to be neighborly, but at the same time, the statistics out there are saying these are the ones that sued you. These are the ones that tripping up on their own handbag on the way out of the car, it's your fault. I'm going, leave them to it for the sake of a bus fare. Actually, oh, roll down the window and throw a fiver at them. It's easier. It's It makes more sense. It's the days of that. It's the terrible thing that it is. The insurance culture has caused this change of empathy in, in a lot of us and, and businesses too, because we can't afford to take the risk of not being in business next year or not being or, or someone soon as in our own car for giving them a lift to the bottom of the road and I, like and i'm going what can go wrong will go wrong and you know but i, I hate to say it well at least it i heard go wrong. i heard of a story in scotland where uh, someone was traveling down the road and the, that somebody had, had actually escaped from a, a psychiatric ward in a hospital 
they'd actually stopped. They'd actually called an ambulance. The ambulance came, picked them up and took them. Now, they had to give their details. And the following day, they got a bill for seven or eight hundred pounds for the ambulance call because they'd actually called out an ambulance. And that's they. They said, "Well, you called it out. You took responsibility. You now have to pay." That's for the, the fee. language exactly. You called it. You took responsibility. It's your bill. You know, and and that now again. Look, that's not a nice thing to be talking about. I'd rather be talking well, about the, more. The, the interesting thing is that uh, what actually, this the is, positives was you did save this person's life, in my yeah, opinion. So yeah. we'll stick to that side. <laughs> well, I think I think <laughs> what's, what, what, what's interesting is that this does actually lead into because I remember having a number of conversations in a few meetings with uh, HR people, and they were saying that one of the biggest problems that small businesses actually have is they don't actually work out the the the, the job description of the people that are working for them so there becomes a kind of a mishmash of what actually are those responsibilities and because they haven't sorted out the job description they end up having all kind of legal problems because the person can claim they're actually more than they actually are and they can ask for more money and there's all sorts of damages that can then go on because that person doesn't really know which job where the dom, uh, demarcation lines are and the problems that has so it does actually kind of nicely link into what we're talking I about I think there was a new, I, I don't know, in the last couple of days, there was some news article, and it was along similar lines, except it wasn't where their job started and ended. It was more the fact that they weren't properly trained based on the expectation of delivering some, it might be, I think what's going on at the moment here in Ireland is, uh, like everywhere else in the world because of COVID-19, they're trying to reopen building sites and this, that, and the other, but people aren't trained in this new distancing and you know they're, they're implementing COVID-19 training and like, like a friend of mine is he said but the training in question is you know have you got a mask on and and like did you wash your you had to wash your hands on the way in and out and keep the distance but then it's five minutes after they're in normal normal habits resume for these builders and people and go they've forgotten again they're going they didn't wash their hands for 30 years or, or that amount of times in 30 years as they did in the last 30 days they're trying to create a new repetition and but people are when they get on with their life and get on with their job at hand they they forget and that's the same danger point as in pubs and restaurants the point of of most danger is the 10 euro an hour individuals that are going to be busy behind the bar or or in uh, like you know serving that are they're actually touch pointing everyone in the restaurant that if they have a critical failure of well i don't care i'm nine pound an hour and i've washed my hands five times today already i'm grand and then they don't know they're asymptomatic or otherwise then they're because they're totally um they think they're you know they're in, like impregnable or whatever the word is or in, like uh, but it's not them it's the next person it's the old person getting the sandwich yeah. in the corner and, and so this training and understand education is the insurance gap again as in later on after fact when you're picking up the pieces you go where did you get this actually there's a case today now it's not a case there's 80 new cases of COVID-19 in a, in, in, in a factory in Kildare and you're going how is there 80 cases in this one location given we're nine months into this and you have every yellow board up there educating you and training you it's just that they're trained they have they have it there but then they go home and then they're back in the same quarters and then they're spreading it and they're going back out and having routine well, one of the biggest problems you just of, don't know it's, yeah one of the biggest problems with the masks and i think from this weekend 
if we go out, we have to wear masks in the north. I, I'm not sure if the same in the south, but but the biggest problem. And my wife had the same problem in 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 the hospital because they had to train people. They could put them on, and then when they went and did their day's work, they were tired, they were erect, and when they came off, they had to be shown how to take these off so they didn't contaminate themselves. And that's the biggest problem: is that is that it's actually when you take the mask off, you are likely to contaminate yourself. Now, I've I've already seen people playing around with a mask and and you're kind of going you've just contaminated yourself and you see it on the tv day in day out uh, with I mean, people contaminating like the, themselves the, 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 with, with what they're doing of purpose. i was watching seinfeld the other night I, it was again a back about you know you're, you're blowing your nose and you're putting the tissue in the pocket you're saving this knot for yeah. something else later on we don't know what it's, it's like you know it's it's like taking the mask off and then like i'd wrap it back in my own pocket again and go i'll, I'll use it again and tomorrow i'm fine i'm fine everyone's fine therefore i'm not going home washing it and stick it in the washing machine and taking this little thing out. I go, no, I didn't have it. I'm putting it back in. I put it on because I'm trying to be compliant as opposed to trying to prevent something happen to. So, so that's, there's two things probably going on there. I'm wearing a mask. I'm compliant walking in and out of the shop. I'm not overly thinking I'm going to get it because I'm great. I'm big. I'm large. I'm healthy. But, you know, I, like you said, I'm unaware of someone else in there. I've walked into some droplets. It's on the mask. I'm taking it back off, putting it back in the pocket and taking it back out later and, you know, me messing around with it, going, I haven't been anywhere. I haven't done anything. I haven't seen any people. There are very few. Therefore, I'm grand. And just all I need to do is be compliant, but not be educated or not understand what's really going on and why I'm doing what I'm doing. And I think it's, there might be a bit of a break in terms of the understanding you know, is this, I just have to do this against the shop or no, I'm saving lives, predominantly my own or my loved ones by the act of this simple little put this thing on when you're within two meters or so many meters of individuals, whether they look well or not. This is a new habit going forward. This is the new norm. It's rolling out everywhere. There are no choices on this. We thought there were. They're talking about going to have them in schools. Now I'm seeing things on LinkedIn and like I think there was a very, like a, something with a million likes or last night and it was a whole plastic visor thing, something out of Star Trek nearly. And it was now I did like it. It was totally clear, see through, and it was to prevent people touching themselves because it went all. It was nearly like a full helmet, but the the visibility of it was the see through nature of it was you couldn't even see the individual wearing it till you got closer to realize this is an entire visor thing going on it actually looked great because the one thing in my opinion was you weren't now a gangster or in a mask hiding this hiding your visage yes. no one can see it's you i will be investing in these visors if i have to wear something going forward i will invest the money in this thing now i don't know what how clean it, it's like you said you have to have the the, the cleaning mechanism to go with it and, and, and the training in order to prevent yourself, you know, getting it from yourself after the fact when you're taking it off and putting it on. I think that's critical, definitely, in what's going to be going on out there. It is strange times, whether it be someone knocking the door in the middle of the night or even just in a shop with a mask. Yes, absolutely. One of the things that you were mentioning before, because you know that I've I've produced a number of films and we've had to do low budget things, and I've always had to make sure that I've had 
public liability insurance, public liability, uh, just to make sure that the students are all covered, you know, just so there's some kind of insurance. But there's a lot of people go out there and make films because they're so enthusiastic about the the processes. They want to, they really want to get experience, but they can't find it through work. So they they get it by making these these films. But they don't realize the kind of risks that they're actually taking. And it's, it is the same as what you've been discussing before. The problem that if you go out and you lay down cables and someone trips over, there's a lawsuit. If you put up a, you know, any, any, if you've got a boom and it hits somebody on the head, you know, all these things that you need to be properly trained for. Um, do you, say a few th- things about uh, your experiences from your side, because you're always into the compliance type thing of what problems may actually occur in a kind of film set. Uh, no, that's just, so you're touching on the simple things. The training normally takes care of the big things. It's the simple, as you said, oversights, but a business, a small business, out of business, a trip up, as you said, of someone, walk, someone walking by. Or uh, in this case, of the new things going on, if I actually I read something there lately about uh, the, the production companies are trying to open up in various parts of the world, and the, there was a couple couple of postings from um, self-employed individuals, like whether whether it be production teams or sound guys, going we're expected at our own cost to self-isolate and test before we get on to the gig. You know, where actually that's a requirement of of that production saying, well, we want you to self-isolate, get this testing, and then we'll allow you on. But we're not willing to pay you for it. Even so, we're, we're, they're not carrying the cost of the test, they're not carrying the cost of the self-isolation, which then translates into that's 10 at a minimum daily rates lost of earnings on the basis of having to not work, not go out before you on board. So there's uh, there's this cost to the smaller operators, this is a massive cost. Now, you have also like no choice. So if you want to get onto the big thing, they do all this and they then on board. But then there's this issue, as you said, if, of tra- training and but maybe some did. We said They said they isolate and they didn't. And then so everyone goes on with their clean bill of health or deeming clean bill of health and then one gets it and knocks everyone else out and cause the whole production to close down again but most of these individuals are self-employed and the insurances are not going to be paying for you to be can't you know their cost insurance will go through the roof to, to actually have your wages and um, to cover yourself for this type of risk and if it's the risk is not being carried by the big production it's carried by the 50 little guys there paying the insurance 50 times so they will actually be a hoping they don't get this new problem beyond just delivering their job or having accidents, they now have this total unknown quantity that they cannot have very little effect. They can take care of themselves and they're hoping the, the organization is, is implementing whatever quality standards to reduce the fact they might get it. But there's so many moving parts you can control that you, you know, things are opening up and closing down two days later on the bed. And the whole site, whether it be building site or production, is shut down for, an, for no, another two weeks. Everybody, everybody has to self-isolate again and restart. It's not that person goes home. It's the whole business stops and it's then losses in the millions or hundreds of thousands so we're in this new way of whether it be a coffee shop or a pub exact same thing you're going if anything happens and predominantly because this type of little risk everything closes everything shuts down all wages lost uh business you know disrupted and the cash flow diminished again 
businesses are going to the wall left, right and centre and they're about to. This is not a recession that's heading to depression. It's a whitewash and it's because of new risks and un uncontrollable variables and uh, from multiple sources beyond what you can see and do and know about. Uh, and and that, no, that's not, not a direct answer to your question, but it's well, the one I of the I think day. it is because um, one of the things that's quite interesting is that, say, for example, um, I pick up my camera here, and which is little my little GH4, which a lot of independent filmmakers are, are using to, to make digital feature films. If I haven't cleaned this properly then I could be handing it to somebody else who could end up picking up a virus. I'm not saying I've got a virus, but you don't know, or they may then touch it and they may pass a virus on to me. You know, well, which that's then it. Puts someone could be walking by, you put it down and someone else put their one down. It's like I said, it's, touch, it's this touch thing. It's just walking by. It's these droplets. I coughed in the air two meters away. There was a bit of wind and I landed on the camera. You go, no, I don't, I'm not, I'm not up on the science. I know there's, actually, the strange thing is they're saying, you're going to, they were showing patterns within a supermarket of if yes. someone sneezed over here and it hangs in the air and 20 minutes later, it's 200 yards away over there, just free floating. We think there's no wind, there's no, no ironing. It's suspended mid-air. This is not about wind. This is, this is about you know, molecules of a microscopic level just hanging there from a sneeze and tra traveling well, you know, yeah. around in a, in a certain lifetime of its viability. And as I said, that person could have been gone 20 minutes ago for all we know. We walk in and buy a tin of beans in a different aisle and we have it. I was doing some airbrushing yesterday and one of the things that you do at the end is you clean out the airbrush. And I just thought, well, I'll just it's dark, so I'll just point it outside and I just let it spray. But you could see the cloud of it was just water, ordinary water, but you could see there was no wind, how it just traveled out, you know, and before long it was ten feet away, the little particles from now, the, the strange the thing airbrush. is but what you're talking about is the airbrush has the propellant uh, and now the propeller propellant is us in the other case yeah, yeah. But as you said if there's no wind it travels further but was because what there is is no you know there's no, there's no resistance friction or friction or yeah so because the wind might bring it if it's coming the right direction but we're saying if there was nothing and it's a stillness it might actually travel further naturally you know in all directions because there's no resistance now now again i don't like really like talking about this anyway it's it's because as you said we're now going into the negative chatter box of so much risk out there business is closing down right right and center i'm afraid to pick up your camera because it's going to be covered in germs and and at the same time is, is that going to prevent us living life is that going to put a fear of god in us to go outside and touch other people and everywhere we go if there's going to be people in masks and we're going to think they're <coughs> well, all I think, I think the, and um, jesse james yeah what what's important i think in all these situations is is risk assessment is basic i mean we we would we would have a form that would have you know if we don't identify those risks we don't identify that maybe the camera needs to be cleaned then we we if, if we know there's a potential risk, we can then put in place an activity to clean down the That's equipment. That's it. Process and procedures know. and compliance, yeah. as you said, to, but if you don't to think eliminate those or through, minimize it. Yeah, but yeah. if you don't think those through, you can't eliminate those. They, they then become a problem that can actually blow up. But by actually addressing them, by actually being aware that these are possibilities of things that can happen, you can then put, in the, put into place something that will actually minimize that risk and prevent that from having or escalating into something else. I think there's 
what's interesting, and you know, without looking or reading anything in particular out there, but what subliminally I'm hearing from different locations and points, it's all about bubbles. It could be bubbles of community, bubbles of, you know, they're talking about locking down Kildare, County Kildare now in the moment and a couple of other counties on the base of a few outbreaks of clusters. So they're saying let's knock down on a community or, or a county basis you know, a new mini lockdown that then tr tries to protect the bigger bubble. You know, so it was all about pushing it into the community first and then from the community into the household. And all the cases are now predominantly close proximity and family transmission in the main because it's in the house. And if you can then lock down the house and eliminate it, you've, you're, you've burnt it. Not Well, you've not necessarily burnt it out, but you've, you've packaged it, you've pushed it. You've yeah, you've taken it, away the fuel that allows it to it grow. Out. Exactly. Now, in terms of a work environment, you're back to going, this is a community here. If Ireland is an island. So this lockdown on an island basis, if, if you minimise it, as we're saying, the island of Ireland could be, you know, could act as a community. And if you don't have travel in and out, it's, it's, and if it was burnt out, you now have a safe haven. And now within, within it, you'll have pockets of communities going, well, look, when I look on a county county basis, Dublin has 68% of the cases, Kilkenny has 1%. Now I'm living in a rural town within Kilkenny. So this town could have possibly had 0.0% or 1% or something based on the town. So you're, I'm actually quite happy walking to the bottom of the road. I know people haven't been traveling anywhere. You know, we're all wearing masks. We all look like, you know, the James gang from good old sort of cowboy days, but the likelihood of catching anything should be quite minimal based on the percentage of what's happening in the country now, what what percentage is happening where in the country now, and within the fact you're in a rural town within a within a within a rural you know uh, county, your likelihood and statistical likelihood should be very very minimal, and then even better if you're carrying out these protective actions and risk uh, aversion strategies and compliance. So. I feel confident enough sitting in a coffee shop down the road, not wearing a mask or wearing it, just walking in and out to, for the, to meet the minimum compliance. If I see someone coughing two miles away, I will get up and run. Or you know, you, I think they won't even go out because it's like it'd be a big arrow pointing at them in a rural setting going, he sneezed. I'm telling my, my, my daughter, who might have asthma, like, oh, God, for God's sake, don't sneeze in front of anyone within 200 yards. They'd probably shoot you. You know, because it's, it's, there, it's this high alertness that's the fear again going coming out, isn't it? Yeah, no, I, but I, I think, I mean, one of the things that's important, I think, is that it is good to actually discuss it, um, but it is also good to kind of look at how to put in place those things that make you feel confident to go out and do things and 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 carry on having a normal life and 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 actually minimizing if you minimize the risk you minimize the fear you you know we we have to start thinking positively about what we can do that will actually prevent these things from actually happening and, and, and disabling yes. us basically i think yeah. that's because we can if we're not careful we can cripple ourselves but one of the great things that we've been able to do over this period of lockdown is we've produced somewhere in the region i think this is our 31st show that we've actually recorded we've actually kept active it's kept our minds active it's kept our minds healthy and i must say i mean because i have had the COVID, and i i you know 15 weeks ago but these activities when you have your lows and your highs these kind of activities of, of communication through the internet has actually allowed me to feel more and more positive about things i've actually been encouraged to do things i was frightened like i said yesterday earlier on i was, I was doing a, an airbrush 
I, I have had a fear of picking up the airbrush and doing it. Why? No fear. But I actually started to go through and break through those fears to do activities I haven't done for a long time. And I actually feel really good about it. You feel that you've had a positive day just because you've gone and done something, a little thing that you could do that could build into something really big. And I'll, I'll reaffirm that and reflect that and mirror, whatever the language is, mirror that and say, you know, it wasn't 30. It was nearly 150 because the 30 became all these little snippets and every, every one became sort of between five and 10 little other pieces of short form video for various social media platforms of LinkedIn's and Facebook's and Twitter's. And we, we don't know what we're doing in, in, in the expertise side of things at the moment of, of you know, how to target out there in these various social media platforms. As you said, what we've done by being so-called stuck in is produce a production process and then a marketing branding process within that that we're iter continually iterating and pivoting based on while we have the time let's look at those that seem to be the best in the industry see what they're doing do a competitive analysis of of what their what their social media uh, media uh, content production looks like and what they're saying within their stories and what works for them and what work doesn't seem to work for others and we're applying that on a daily basis and we're seeing small iterable results we're, we're moving up as you said little bit by little bit we're fine-tuning we're getting to understand it we're getting the production process we're happy with we're starting to look well if we don't say so ourselves and we're not blowing our own trumpet that no no we are starting to look well and present well in social media space now what's been said is a whole other animal. We're not overly going to worry about that at the moment because we know whatever we can put front and center later will be packaged, it will be visible, it will have a quality value perception before Garvin or George ever opened their gobs. But they'll know that this looks well and what's in there next might be worth listening to and more than likely will be and that's that's what we're hoping. And God, never mind the shows. People are going to find that goal at a later date. <laughs> Well, here we are at the end of another show. We started off on what seemed to be a little bit of a negative, but we were able to face our fears. We were able to identify little problems that could be problems, but instead of making mountains out of them, we put them down into a little molehill because we started to do a risk assessment and we were able to see that we could actually move forward and be more proactive than actually give up. And I think that's really the message that we want to put across in this show is that do face your fears, see that they're not big problems, try and actually look at little tasks that you can do that can get you out of the out of those issues and actually start to enjoy life a bit more. Thanks for listening. Yeah. So the quicker, the quicker you assess and package that risk, you can get on with things. If you drown in that risk and worry about that risk, then you're going to be back the bunny rabbit in the headlight again. You've got to just go, it is what it is, get on with it, allow for it, Pay that extra premium, reduce it by, you know, getting that compliance and process in. And actually, you might find this thing is your competitive advantage in some cases. So it's you now or be like George. Someone comes to the door, open it, do a quick risk, risk assessment. But next time. Thanks for listening. Bye for now. Do what it says on the tin. Follow and share.